You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 2, Episode 28, Conversion Therapy. Karen, I want you to do well. I want you to have a great life. I love you, but we cannot see a way that you can live under this roof if you're going to fundamentally go against the grain of our beliefs. Jared, tell me the truth, that's all. I think about men. I don't know why, and I'm so sorry. Your parents signed you up for a program to fix you, but Jared, you are a perfectly normal, very healthy teenage boy. They're going to do things for you. Your revelation. You want to say goodbye? Welcome to the Refuge Program. You cannot be born a homosexual. This is a lie. It's a choice. Go. Fake it till you make it. Become the man you are not. Save yourself. Jared, God will not love you the way that you are. Is this what you want? Who's going to strike this demon down? Hit him! I'm having a tough time. I'm gonna give you some advice. Tell them whatever they want to hear. Play the part. Unless you really think you can change. Or even want to. What you're going through right now is just a moment. A moment. Yeah. A moment. I love God and I love my son. For your father, it's a little more complicated. We are not finished. I am because you won't listen. Your father is sitting here. Tell him how you hate him. I'm not going to pretend I hate my father. I don't hate my father. Then where is all this anger coming? Because you're making me angry. Open the door now. They say sometimes you got to hurt a child in order to help them, but a mother knows when something is right. I don't want to pretend anymore. You were listening to an excerpt from the trailer for a movie called Boy Erased, which is all about Christian parents who send their son to conversion therapy. Conversion therapy isn't a thing of the past. It still happens today. It is still Bible-based, and it still has dubious scientific origins. Here to discuss his time at a conversion boot camp and his time involved in Facebook groups that were designed to help men overcome their same-sex attraction is my guest today, Matt Ashcroft. Welcome, Matt. Matt, in the piece that you wrote, you talk about not just starting out by going to conversion therapy, but you got involved in that whole movement by meeting people on Facebook who were trying to get over their same-sex attraction. So talk to me about how you became involved. I first came out by coming out to a pastor who was who, who I met online. I was reading his blog, and we connected by, we just connected by social interaction. I first uh, came out to him 
and then he came out to me too. And so he invited me to this group where there was two to 300 people. I went into this group and it was men, predominantly white cisgendered men that were trying to get to cure their unwanted same-sex attraction or SSA. That's, that was my first introduction to any, anything like this. Can you share with us what kinds of things are discussed in those groups? I remember there was uh, guys that were talking about how they can't master, can't stop masturbating or they keep on looking at too much internet porn and they're depressed and they need a hug and they need somebody to cuddle with and cuddling is manly and having the act of sex is not manly. And I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. So like I had a hard time adding two and two together, but um, these people were in my opinion, sad people that did not know how to express that this is what they're wanting and they're putting themselves through torture. So if somebody writes in to talk about how they can't stop masturbating, what is the advice that is given to them? They usually give like prayer or they pray over you. And then, and if you're like struggling with like some feelings about being queer they're, they're, they essentially tell you that you're not gay and you can overcome this by just um, reading books, keeping yourself active, making sure that you're in structural functionalist groups like uh, like friends uh, friends that work out at the gym or keeping yourself healthy and active. So it's like, yeah, so they, they do like this a, a lot of like trained behavior to like not be themselves. So when did this escalate for you from being a part of these Facebook conversations to then deciding to go to a boot camp? In, in this private Facebook group, there was one guy that was promoting this conversion therapy group. And I heard it from a lot of people that, that were considered members. So what they do is like they do this, um, they do this, this like question thing where the, you, you're not allowed to talk about the camp. But you're you're allowed to talk about how great it is and how much of a value that it was in your life. And I remember a couple of friends uh, online after I would Skype them, they would just be like, oh, this is amazing. This is a wonderful experience. And they would basically promote it that way. They would use those promotions and prey on the most vulnerable. So anybody that is considered vulnerable and gullible, which I was at the time they would essentially recruit us and and uh, put us into these camps. And they said that they will change your life forever. They were right, <laughs> but it wasn't for, it, it wasn't a good thing that my life was changed because of this. So when you sign up for one of these places, do they tell you ahead of time what to expect? Do you get an itinerary? They tell you nothing. They tell you to go to the local, they tell you to go to location, bring bring some clothes. You're not allowed to have watches or you're not allowed to have watches or cell phones. So you can't rely on time. You have to rely on the sun um, and you go to bed when they tell you to go to bed. Okay, so in your mind, what were you expecting? Did you picture some sort of like outward bound bonding experience type of thing? 
I had no idea. Like it's the, I, I think the hope came from that. I would be able to get tools to get acceptance from my dad again. And that was the reason why that I went. I had no idea what I was signing up for. No clue at all. So I just based my trust on to blind trust, which it later on in life, it really affected my trust in people. Okay, so tell us what happened on the first day. I remember me going to this camp and signing a non-disclosure agreement. So I, when I was signing this non, non-disclosure agreement, I basically didn't, I didn't know and I have no re- recollection of what I'm, what I'm signing. And uh, there was this man, he's a, he, was, he was a tall man uh, with, a, with a stick, uh, like a long stick uh, or a staff. I walk up to him and he just said in this deep, powerful voice, why are you here? And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know what to say. And then, and then he was like, and then there was two other guys. I can't remember what they were saying, but it was something on the lines of like similar questions. The final guy was this uh, short Jewish guy. He said, what was your greatest fear? And I said, my greatest fear was not to be able to get the love and the relationship of my dad again. I remember me like sighing and crying and he took a breath and he essentially welcomed me into this, this building. When I went into this building, there was the first thing I saw was uh, men in a circle on chairs looking at this candle to the left of me, to the left and the right of me. I saw the windows taped with trash bags so nobody can look in and nobody can look out. I saw there was uh, candles in the center of it. So there was there was candles that were had men essentially looked like they were hugging each other, something that you would get like at a Michael's craft store and just a small little candle that is being burnt in. And then I sat down and I remember everybody in a circle looking at uh, one another and um, nobody can talk. Nobody was allowed to talk. And we were just staring at this candle for however long. When that was done, we, we started this uh, Jack and the Beanstalk story, which lasted throughout the entire weekend. So it was a start on that. And then as far as what I remember, there was this lineup where we had we had the guys that we were participating in we had to be we had to walk in a line and them being extra close and they would they would make comments like look at this man look at this heart look into a soul what do you see yourself in this man and then they would hit a drum and then they would all go to the left like look more deeper what do you see yourself do you see yourself in him do you, do you, do you experience any shame, blah, blah, blah to the left. And so that was a, one exercise. And then it, it moved on to everybody, uh, everybody journaling. And then it resulted into, I remember the first night there, the, we had psycho, psychodrama where we would, um, where there was a a punching bag on the ground and that was supposed to be in symbolic to my dad 
they attribute being gay as an overprotective mother and an absent father. And I remember um, me having a baseball bat and hitting this bag over and over again, uh, basically screaming, cursing, yelling at my dad. That was that that was hard, um, mostly because like it was it was it took it, it expended so much energy that I just I just felt drained after that. I had this guy run up behind me and grab me from behind to like stop me to like swinging swinging the uh, bat. And I remember they brought out a mirror, this vertical mirror, and they made me look in the mirror. And I was crying profusely. I just looked at my face and I was just crying. And I just, I just was exhausted by that. And then we journaled about that. And then we did uh, an activity. This is all in day one, by the way. An activity called Healthy Holding, where we were all... All of us, all fifty or sixty of us, would go into would go into groups, and we would either be held in what is called the motorcycle position, where you were in between somebody's legs, or you were do the baby cradling position, where it's beside the man, and you're basically being hugged by them, and. Um, from four o'clock to however time it was, that was our first night. So when you're doing these activities, which seem pretty weird, are they explained to you? Do you understand in the moment while you're doing them? No, they, they told us to trust the process, uh, to trust them and to trust everything that they were saying. And so I believed that, I, because I was vulnerable at the time, I believed everything that they were saying I wanted to get rebuild a relationship with my dad and I thought they had the tools so I was playing along but I didn't realize what was happening until shortly after. Were people talking to each other after these sessions? Were you able to discuss what happened? We weren't allowed to talk to the, our members unless if it's at like lunch or dinner and they were all accompanied by leaders so leaders kind of intervened into our conversations and so like we couldn't we couldn't really express ourselves the way that we wanted to express ourselves. I remember I lost I lost touch with him but he was the the only person that I kept in touch with on the weekend we were we were um we had a little bit of a conversation because he was like talking about how he cheated on his wife with another guy and and went to this camp and just basically just like how sad he was. And I can just see the look on his face. But other than that, we, we weren't allowed to uh, conversate with anybody. What was your mood like after day one? I was like, I was drained. Like I was like really tired. Like I just remembered that I just want to go to bed. I'm I'm done. That's it. And um, and then I slept, and then was woken up early, and day two started. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash k a r e n g e i e r. It's only five dollars to unlock over twenty hours of content.